Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Freaky Friday. We're ready to celebrate with Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. We are at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Another recruiting camp is in the bag, Berm. Yes. Two fist pumps. How was it? It was a beautiful day. It's a little warmer than it has been uh, for the previous four camps, so makes it a little bit stickier out here. Smells a little worse. Well, that um, was Thursday. Yeah, it was sticky and hot then, but now it's Thursday, Friday morning. It's beautiful. I like how nice we're going to cool. hammer that joke forever. <laughs> like, we're always going to pretend that they don't know that we're actually recording this day before. Well, there'll be new people who join in, and they want to get the joke, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, They'll laugh for the first time. Obviously, the day Thursday, <laughs> the day out here was about the quarterbacks and the uh, watching for a lot of people who haven't seen him for the first time, Latavian St. Clair who I very strongly believe will be Ohio State's quarterback in the class of 2025. Maybe by the time this video airs, who knows? The way the things are going here at Ohio State, a full court press by the Ohio State coaching staff to get Tavian Sinclair and his family to understand his value to the program and also the program's value for him and his family if he were to make an early decision. Um, so it's just kind of fun to watch that happen in real time. That was definitely the thing that I was paying attention to the most. I think for most people who hadn't seen him, it was sort of an eye-opening experience because most of the Ohio State media did get to watch Tavian St. Clair camp here last June, and that was the last time they saw him. And uh, it's not like watching a, the same kid. So, When uh, when Nikki Dennis shows up and gets to inter- be introduced to the family and talk to the player, and you see coaches' wives and Ryan Day and Mark Pantone and everybody else flocking to one area, you, you tend to know that that's, as Berm called it, the full-court press. Something's brewing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to tell, like, uh, I don't know, what's most important to them, I think. It, it, it happens, like, that's what you pay attention to when you're at these things. You watch, like, who the coaches are interacting with more than the other kids or who they're coaching up harder. But this is, like, very different. This is, this is the family's getting involved. This is, like, a, I don't know, it's like a courting almost. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very obvious where Ohio State stands with, with Tavian. And, uh, I don't know, it kind of feels like, as we record this now, it feels like the ball's kind of in his court and we'll see where it goes. Uh, what did you think about the actual football part of it? Yeah, he's really good. Like, I talked about it when I went to cover the Elite 11 uh, regional up in Massillon a couple months ago because that was the first time that I saw him since last summer. Just like a very different looking athlete, um, just like physically matured, was way more confident, I think, in his own abilities and like his own belief that he belongs on a, in a place like this with Ohio State giving him the attention that it was giving him. And then he shows up on Thursday wearing those stunner sunglasses, uh, <laughs> very... Um, like casual in a way where you can just feel that like this does is not too big for him. And I think maybe last year it, it might have been, which is perfectly understandable for a kid who was a rising freshman or rising sophomore at the time. So um, he's grown up a lot, both as a, as a kid and as a football player. And, and all that is evident. And I can see why Ohio State now is like, OK, this looks like a guy we want. I said it to you earlier in the day on Thursday that <laughs> you could almost get the sense that there was a moment four or five months ago, February his dad, Marcus, told me that Tavian was 194 pounds in February, and now he's 214 pounds. And it's like there was this moment when he woke up and decided, I'm going to be a badass now, and then just put changed everything about the way he's preparing. And the confidence that Bill is talking about, you can see it every throw. He just doesn't feel like he's going to miss anything. And he was not perfect today. I mean, there were, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure that's on him. Um, it's a lot of expectations. It's a lot of uh, nitpicking what he's doing mechanically and then trying to adjust on the fly. And so then you'll see the next ball maybe be a little lower than he'd like or whatever. But there wasn't any sense of like, oh, th- 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 I don't belong. And that's the important thing. When you're the 
being courted, and that is the correct word, to be the quarterback at Ohio State, like you have to know that you are good enough to be the quarterback at Ohio State. And you can sense from Davian St. Clair, from his family, that somehow in the last couple months they realized, wait a second, like this kid is good enough to be that guy. And I think that probably started at the Elite 11 when Bryce Underwood um, or the uh, Under Armour camp when Bryce Underwood was there right next to him. When they're like, if that's the number one ranked player in the country, number one quarterback in the country, how is Tavian not just as good? And once you see that and then you start to realize, like, the size is there. He's a legitimate six foot four, 215 pounds, throws the ball as hard as he wants to, can puts it anywhere on the field. Like, that's what a five-star quarterback looks like. And he's not a five-star quarterback yet, but I don't see how he won't be in this process unless he decides to commit early and then the recruiting services We'll basically yeah. throw him to the wolves and say we don't care about him. Well, if he commits to Ryan Day, that generally leads to a bump anyway, as several other quarterbacks from the past can attest. Like, that's almost the final seal of approval, and he's going to get it. I think Ohio State, as I mentioned, clearly wants him to be the quarterback for that class. As you mentioned, Burnham, like, one of the challenges for me specifically, as I'm just a pure amateur observer, is he did miss some throws today. And then you think, well, there's still two more years of high school in front of him. He's going to get better. He already has, as Bill said, from seeing him throw a year ago to now, you can see the improvement and where he can keep going. Uh, and there was a lot of hands-on instruction from Corey Dennis, Ryan Day, Todd Fitch. If he did miss a throw, and some of them were really challenging. They were not – this was different than some other QB throwing sessions that I've watched where Ryan Day kept being like, uh, no, move that back 10 more yards to do the one-inch throws, or you're going to run this – like." the Justin Fields deep ball throw, you're going to roll out and you're going to throw it 65 yards. Like He was challenging the group, yeah. but the one person in particular to do almost the impossible for someone his age. Like that, that sounds like hyperbole, but he wanted the maximum degree of difficulty. And that that's another sign. Like they, they can see it in him and they trust that he can tap into that potential. Did it just work out, Berm, that he ended up with a pretty good group? on Thursday, or did they orchestrate it that way to put him around? Well, he wasn't like supposed athletes. to be here. Okay. Uh, he, he only told Ohio State he was coming here on Monday of this week. So this is, I mean, they had a good group coming in. They basically, each position group has sort of picked a day to have sort of their, their A day. And today was the A day for quarterbacks, for running backs, linebackers, etc. So, uh, you know, it, it is a group that will challenge him, and you're going to see him against some players who are at least – Comparable, we saw a 2026 um, Will Griffin from from Florida, who was pretty freaking good. <laughs> big old dude, a uh, big old kid who was pretty good. I'm not going to say he was better than Tavian, but I'm going to say he he might have been more consistent. Uh, in the it early was competitive session. Yeah. Um, so you know, Tavian's not a finished product, and that's ultimately where I think you saw Ohio State decide in the last two months to go all in there because. There is a tendency when you're evaluating young players, especially quarterbacks, to put them under such a microscope that you forget that they have two years of high school football left. And a position like quarterback, for a kid like Tavian St. Clair, if Ohio State is healthy, and I mean that in the, um, not the individual player sense, but in the program sense, Tavian St. Clair should not have to play quarterback at Ohio State for five more years. And if you think about it from that perspective, and you look at this kid now at 16 and say, he shouldn't have to be the quarterback at Ohio State until he's 21, the, the potential for growth between now and then is cat, is astronomical. Yeah. And, and so that's what you have to project out. 
And it gets harder and harder because we accelerate the time of, of the, the calendar so much in recruiting, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, put so much pressure on him. But what he's done in the short period of time between December and now to what he can do between now and the time he should have to play quarterback here, I mean, there is no limit to what he's capable of. Yeah, I think there there have been quarterback workouts here in the past that, frankly, were probably better yeah. than what we saw from Tavian on Thursday, which is totally fine. It's the it's the incremental growth and like I think the switch too in his mind of like not to say he wasn't taking it seriously before, but like go full bore into yeah. this. Like he gave up baseballs. I know Burns mentioned a few times. Like he which wants is very to, disappointing to me. I was really yeah, wanting him because he can baseball. he can spin it right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like throw the ball. Yeah, to uh, <laughs> to make the growth that he's made in one year. Like you're always playing that game. Okay, if it's one year now, what's going to look like four years from now? And I think. He is, you know, compared to a lot of the quarterbacks that come through here, like pretty high up on the list, I think, of guys that, that just seem to have a, almost unlimited ceiling. And I don't say that they put undue expectation on him, but that's the thing that I think you come away with when you watch him work out. If you've seen the growth over the course of the last year and a half and think about what's to come, like you can't help but get enamored with what that kid is going to be when the time comes for the player, if he comes here. It's also a useful reminder to apply it just to – the current quarterbacks and a couple of them were walking around at camp on Thursday at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It's like something that I've talked about with Devin Brown when we watched him through the first three, four, five weeks before he broke his pinky uh, a week before the spring game was that the, he hadn't filled out yet. When we make all these Joe Burrow comparisons to him and physically and the mindset and all that, that was it took a while before he could get the arm strength and get the maturation of his body to catch up. And he still looked, you know, pretty lean and almost like a true freshman is supposed to. And then two months later, he's 215 pounds walking around. He talked about, uh, I asked him, spoke with him about like, he feels it in his legs. I notice it in his upper body. There's still some recovery going on. I think he's getting the grip strength back in his hand from that pinky. He missed uh, four weeks of throwing. But so even between what we saw two months ago, there's going to be dramatic growth. And then there'll be two more months on top of that. so when we, we focus in on these one-day small sample size, whether that's a recruiting camp or a full open scrimmage in March, and like it's important, important to keep an open mind about those, that it's such a small piece of the pie and that they're growing every single day, even when they get here. I mean, we saw Lincoln Keenholz for the first time since he's arrived on campus on, on uh, Thursday. Not today, but Thursday. Well, if we do it four times a show, that's... It's funny. Remember? <laughs> These guys said it was funny. Um, the, the reality is, you look at Lincoln Keenholz next to Devin Brown, it, it didn't look, and he does not look like he's no, a college quarterback compared skinny. to Devin Brown, right? No. So, But he's just got that little... Oh, you're doing this again? Got that little Two days in, Two days in a row? Tell you what, boy. Woo! Two days in a row you're going to do this? Swagger. He still got that little mustache. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to tell him to shave his mustache off, but I thought that would not be my place. Um, it's not. It's but yeah, physically, physically, the difference between a guy who's been here for a year and a half versus a guy who's been here for two weeks, like. But and that's also sorry to interrupt, but that's also why I said that throughout spring because you compared one extra year on Kyle yeah, McCord, yeah, right. who we've left out of this conversation a lot, and is still most likely, probably, almost certainly going to be Ohio State's starting quarterback against Indiana. He looks dramatically different than even the Devin Brown we saw out here today. Yeah, it, it's. It is a, a process, and that's, I think, sometimes because we put so much attention and focus on Ohio State football, thankfully, it's our job, but it is not professional football. These are still kids who are growing into being adults, and they're not close to being finished products. And, and you know, you see someone, it, Devin Brown was talking about Tavian St. Clair, watching him throw. He's like, that kid was in the workout, in the weight room. He's huge. That kid's a monster. And, like, 
And he's thinking, then I'm like, well, Devin, look at you right now. You look, and he's like, yeah, but that kid's way bigger than me. And so then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's true. He is bigger. Because they're, <laughs> they're both 215 pounds. So like, it, it's such that's a crazy. weird world. You know, and then you see Ryan Montgomery, who, who was here working in the morning session on morning session. It was only a, one session. It was a pre-session workout with the quarterbacks, with Tavian Sinclair and Corey Yesterday. Dennis, guys on Thursday. And, the, you know, Ryan's put on a, a lot of weight in the last year, too. But yeah. it, it, it's a process for everyone. And everyone's at a different juncture uh, on the road. And it is it is unfortunate. Sometimes they all get muddled together and it becomes a competition between this person and that person. And it shouldn't be. It's not a knock on one guy to say that he's gr- – it's not a knock to say someone else might be ahead of you. Like, it's it's a compliment to that other person. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people view it that way. That was something that I appreciated about watching the the workout in the morning when it was it was TV and it was Ryan Montgomery. It was uh, Griffin. What's Will, Griffin. Will, Will Griffin. Griffin, thank you. There were a couple other quarterbacks in there. I think we all showed up on Thursday sort of knowing what the score was with Tavian and that Ohio State, I, th- I think, would like him to be in the boat sooner rather than later. But, like, they've recruited Ryan Montgomery for a really long time. And, like, they still coached him pretty hard at the camp, I thought. Like, they were they didn't show up and decide, like, Tavian got all the attention. Sure. Um, like, they clearly think that Ryan Montgomery is, is going to be a very good quarterback. I th- they probably would love to take them both if they could. But I don't know if any if either of the players will be up for that. It's a, it's a hard proposition. But um, Ohio State... I, like just to make the point as we're talking a lot about TV and St. Clair, like Ohio State also thinks very highly of Ryan. Do you think that Ohio State knows what it's doing at quarterback? Or I think they have a fairly good yeah. sense of it. I okay. mean, I, that's to me the takeaway from Thursday is watching Ryan Day because he's been somewhat MIA in the camp setting in the first uh, four camps setting into today. Not today. He was front and center yeah. anytime that uh, the quarterbacks were out there, which is what we came to expect from him in the last few years. Um, as he, as I mentioned on, on Thursday show, like he, when he wants to be less CEO, you can tell he just gravitates to that group, and he really does seem to enjoy what's happening. He's also looking very svelte, by the way. I don't know. Plus, he played a lot of tennis. I asked him if he's if Coach Mick is working him out or if he's just playing a lot of tennis. And he's like, why? And I was like, because you look <laughs> you look svelte. And he was like, thank you for noticing. When so, we were here for the assistant coach interviews. Uh, at the end of May, we were up in the cafeteria, and the cafeteria overlooks the weight room. And he was going pretty hard on the exercise bike while we were in there talking to the assistants. Well, there you go. Not yeah. as hard as Quinn Temple. Good old, old Not Quinn's getting married. He's, I, I was joking with him. What'd you oh. do, like a hard 75? He was like, it's pretty close. <laughs> the man is in impeccable shape. He's getting married next month. Congratulations so to, to that, you know, by the way. It's great. Uh, a big stretch for him. We miss his name on the microphone, or call, using... Using the microphone. Can we just stock down on the microphone? They're yeah. using for camp, Tim Hinton struggling with that mic. It's not. It's the technology. The technology. It's not is his fault. It's like whatever. It, he has uh, to face a certain direction for it to work, and then. But then, he, but then he gets around. out. He wants to turn around and talk to the kids. He's a so showman. He, he is a, a showman. showman. This is, he owns this month. Uh, this is his time to shine. It's the Super Bowl, so I know he's as disappointed as anyone with the technical difficulties. That's really inside baseball because you have to actually be you out here to know what we're talking about. What we're talking about. Yeah. Um, what's something that you saw? or heard or learned about the Buckeyes this week, Bill? Uh, I think, like, it's less maybe about the current team. Like, it's true of the current team. Like, their running back situation right now is incredibly good. Like, it's hard to imagine how it could be better than it is at the moment. But I think there's been consternation, clearly, in the past, certainly, and maybe even a little bit now of, like, what's to come for that position group. But when you think about what they have committed in the class already in 2024 and, like, the group of guys they had working out on Thursday, a few of which, they, like, a couple in-state guys, guys they have a really good shot with, like, I think Tony Alford set up pretty well to, to keep that room humming for a couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's watching as the Florida wide receivers. I mean, all week long, we've been like, well, that kid's from Florida, that kid's from Florida. What Brian Hartline's created in the wide receiver room, it is so, like, coveted by kids in the South to come up and get an Ohio State offer because it changes your entire recruitment as a wide receiver. So I don't know if there's going to be any of them that walk out of here with an offer uh, on, on Thursday, but they certainly – want to come up here and get an offer from Ohio State. I did talk to Marvin Harrison for a bit on Thursday as he was out. and he, Unfortunately, you did. I heard you got him a dab. Got him a dab again. He's close. He's close to agreeing to dab if he scores against Indiana. I you think mean, when I, he scores against Indiana? I think I can <laughs> get scores against I think Indiana. I can, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be Do we have any opening day uh, prop bets up I, there? On, I, I'm trying to get him. The, the goal here is simple. If Marv dabs after he scores his first touchdown in the first week of the season, Every high school receiver in America will be doing it again the next week. And he knows it. And he said, you're right. That will happen. So, like, he's... he's, I'm not sure he wants it to happen. You're trying to... I tell you what, sir, that guy is not resistant to the idea. He's starting to get on board. He said, maybe not I the first game. I think he's just being nice to him. It could be also be nice to me. He was dressed like an F1 driver today. I thought he was, he showing, up, was. Thought he was showing up dressed yeah. like that for Austin. <laughs> he but, was. Uh, he's ready for Montreal, baby. I, I asked Marv about Brian Hartline's role right now as, as he's you know transitioning into the offense coordinator. He said he's still with the wide receivers as much as he was before. Nothing's changed there. Said that you know a lot of guys raving today about the 2023 wide receiver group. Um, Brandon it's Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers. Those guys are getting a lot of love from people around here. So those are the little things I picked up. But um, then he walked away and he went like this. And Marvin Dabb. And I said, Marvin, What's stop the, encouraging this nonsense. This is shenanigans. Too powerful, this guy over here. Avoid Northeast Philly. And on Freaky Friday, we don't get into any shenanigans. Never. This is the most normal Freaky Friday of all time. It's going to be so great if he dabs, though. Like I want. Like, I saw Jim Knowles dance on Thursday. Did you guys see that? I did not. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. I saw was, him get like talking trash to Tony Alford. Him, him and Tony Alford were really going at it. It was pretty entertaining. And uh, I guess so the linebackers ended up winning um, like with the cat and mouse drill. And the losing side has to do up-downs. So the running backs are doing up-downs. They did a ton of them. Tony didn't do them with the running backs. But oh, as, no. as the running backs were doing their up-downs, Jim Knowles is just like standing over them dancing. It was very funny. That's impressive for the linebackers <laughs> that were here to win that battle because that is a as good a group of running backs in one group, like seven, eight deep, that we've had here at a camp probably ever. I talked to uh, Chip Trainum again on Thursday, and he walked over and, uh, you know, sh- shook my hand and – dabbed it up and I thought that my arm was was going to be ripped right out of the sockets. I don't know what has happened. The big old pythons. He is enormous and I said, "Were you stung by a bee?" and he said, "No, he was bit by a spider." Mm-hmm. Because he is as strong as Peter Parker or Miles Morales or Gwen whatever. Spider mm-hmm. Gwen. He is Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Peter Porker. Peter Porker. He he's got to be in the multiverse somehow. The dude is an incredible athlete. You have to find a way to utilize that, right? Like pullback. <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> Bill said it, and I. How can you disagree? Like you, you have to get him on the field. He's a he's a, a game changer if he's out there in ways. Well, right? I put that idea in Bill's head. He did, yeah. And <laughs> have you then it? I tried to put it in Chip's head, and he was like, "Nah." Have you put it in Brian Hartline's head or Ryan Day's? That's the I, question. I played him a bunch of my beats, and he was like, "Nah." <laughs> how, you know, when you look at that room again. Like, Evan Pryor is still out there. We haven't talked about him because he's not been able to participate. But he will be once camp really kicks off here again. I mean, they're doing yeah. a team run right now pretty much behind us in the... On Friday morning. On Friday morning. It's real early. Yeah. Wow. Real, real early. Um, but 
it, it's just cool to see this group and everyone stayed. Like, I think that's the, the one takeaway from this entire off season to me is like, these guys really like being a part of this program. And I think that there's some folks who will look at that and be like, oh, it's because the program's too soft. They're too nice. But like, if you have built something that people don't want to leave, even though they may not have as much playing time as they would somewhere else, like it really is telling about the coaches here and what people are getting out of it because you get a lot of BS in recruiting. And then to see that people are actually getting what they're thinking they're going to get, like, I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty, also pretty cool. Huh? <laughs> That's also how you wind up with veteran players like Chip Trainum or I don't know, Julian Fleming, who are. How much do you think about him? A lot. I've been thinking about it highly and a lot. Who are adults and grown men, not just like promising athletes who are going to develop. Like, if you leave after a year or two, you're five star. That's that's great. It happens everywhere. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But when you stick with a a program throughout and you let that you let yourself flourish in not only a strength and conditioning program but in an offense or in a defense or knowing a system that's where the growth comes and I, I it sounds like a weird preachy soapbox to be on but the benefit of that is people look at that like maybe this other player is more talented or they had a higher recruiting ranking okay that's fine but they don't have three or four years of physical growth and mental maturity and all that stuff under their belt and i We'll see if it pays off. It's one thing for me to talk about it in June, and it's another thing for them to put it on the field in November and make it count. I, yeah. But it, you can see a clear difference. Like You'd ask me if I want to build a team around 22-year-olds or 19-year-olds. I think the answer would be pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have no matter how it shakes out too, right? It's like, we'll, we'll see. They'll start. Hopefully, they'll start whoever the best players are, regardless of how long they've been here. But even to have an abundance of guys like that in your program, I think matters tremendously to keep everybody on the right path as you're trying to win a championship. And I think... You know, last year I don't think that was an issue, but I think prior to that there was maybe not enough of that with this team, and it seems like they have it in spades this year. I, I like to see that it's the stars who are still out and paying attention to these camps, the JT Tumalowas, the Marvin Harrisons. Like, these guys are committed to just being around. I mean, Marvin Harrison was brought out, and then I, I was talking at the time to Tavian St. Clair's dad, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, the Ohio State staff to bring Marv to him. Like, it, again, full-court press, but, like, like, hey, Marv's out here. Let's get him to be a part of this. And then taking pictures with Tavian's little brother. And it's just neat. It's just a neat, fun program, guys. <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that, but uh, it's, it's always a winding journey on Freaky Friday. We appreciate you joining us all week for the show. There's plenty more coverage of this camp uh, at OhioState.Rivals.com, where Berm is uh, going to dig in again to the notebook and maybe some more on the quarterbacks. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe. Get a free month on us if you want to read it. Use code DTE30. Uh, Bill wrapped up. The position groups on Thursday with safeties. safeties. I haven't done special teams yet. Probably will not. <laughs> it's hard to project who the next big Australian is going to be. So they already they have the Australian. They don't, they don't need an Australian. Okay. They right. got it for two more years. Oh well. Still got to know what's then going on. Then they'll go back down under. Get another pro kick. Uh, everyone's favorite development academy. Uh, so stay tuned for all that. Uh, thanks for joining us all week. That'll be a wrap. The show podcast day will be back on Monday for Bill and Berm. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you then.